Hi everyone, my name is Kim McLaughlin. I am a shamanic practitioner with cedarlighthealing.com, living and practicing in North Ayrshire, Scotland. And today I want to talk about a common question I get, and it's around parents who want me to work on their child or their teen, particularly their teen, but the teen doesn't consent to the work. They don't want to engage in shamanism or spirituality for whatever reason. So what is a parent to do under these circumstances? So the first question that I get, it's like, will you do healing work on my teen without their knowledge? And the reason that I am addressing this today is because it's actually based on an email volley that I had with a concerned parent about a year ago. And in that situation, you had a parent who had a teen who had suffered trauma earlier in their life. And this teen had already engaged in spiritual work alongside the parent, of course. And it had resulted in this young person um, getting healthier, but at the same time feeling apprehensive about doing more spiritual work. Now, having said that, the parent who was a great uh, champion of shamanism, felt that spiritual work could help their teen. And the parent worried that without additional spiritual intervention, there was a chance that perhaps this teen could fall back into the unhealthy patterns that they had had before. Uh, The teen, of course, point blank, did not want to do any more spiritual work. But the parent had reached out to me saying, look, can you work on them anyways? What options do I have here? So I know that the idea of working on a loved one or a family member without consent, I mean, it's, we have all become so educated on the topic of consent for everything. And that's a good conversation to have. It's a critical conversation to have. And those conversations are very pertinent in the area of shamanism as well. But having said that, before y'all go judging this parent, I just want to remind you that we all live in glass houses. And this parent was concerned for their teen. They had already been through a lot, the teen, and I guess the parent as well. And they had helped this young person get to a healthy place in their life. As far as I'm concerned, this parent deserves a medal. So we are not going to judge them for asking a very honest and a very raw question. And a question that, let's face it, anyone who was ever engaged in spiritual work, whether it be as a client or as a practitioner, has probably asked themselves the same question at some point. And don't think that this was the first time I'd ever been asked this, by the way. It wasn't. I often have people who will reach out to me and they're, because their first motivation, the, the reason they're reaching out to me, is not about their own healing. It's they want to see if I can do work with their loved one, even though the loved one hasn't asked and isn't engaged and has no interest or maybe doesn't even believe in shamanism or the spirit world. So the conversations or the emails will be something along the lines of, you know, can you help my husband? Can you help my sister or my, you know, adult daughter or son? And it's usually followed up with, They're not into shamanism. I know they would never come, but I know it would really help them. Can you do anything with them anyways? 
And um, unfortunately, especially when it's an adult situation, the short answer is no, I, I can't. I will not work on anyone without their consent with, you know, the obvious exception of babies and toddlers. But in those cases, obviously, I have the consent of the parents, of both parents, may I add. So today, though, we're focused on young people and what do you do in this situation in your parent? And really, you're just advocating, you're, you're trying to get your child the help they need. So with young people, a family approach to shamanism works best. Understand that for me, this is not only how I was taught, but it's why I was taught. Spirituality and teachings should be passed down to the child through the parent. So this is why I usually recommend when I'm asked these questions that we do work or that I do work with the parents to empower the parent in their healing so that the parent is then in a healthy place to continue supporting their child or their teen's healing journey, whatever path that young person chooses. So another question I've been asked, and I was actually asked by this person who had reached out, was if you can't help my child directly or my teen directly, can you heal them through me? So still no, but maybe yes, a little bit. I know that's confusing as anything, so I'll explain. I won't work on anyone who is of a coherent age without their consent. That is a hard, a hard line. But when one person, i.e. the parent, steps into their own healing and makes headway in their healing. That healing reverberates through the entire family like a ripple in a pond. So yes, in a way, it can help your child or your teen and everyone else in your family for that matter through you. But still, it's it's the parent that is the focus of the healing work and the direct recipient of the active healing work. You know, it's tough to be a parent. I was a single mom for what feels like forever and a day. Uh, my son is now 26. It's safe to say that he's launched and, you know, he's launched beautifully. I'm, I'm so proud of him. But having said that, you know, I, I totally get it. I remember what it was like. And as parents, it can feel hard to shift that focus back to ourselves, particularly when we are in the midst of advocating for our children. But still, it's a good thing to do because, again, it's best when spiritual teachings flow from the parent to the child. And when those teachings and those spiritual ways are woven into the fabric of the household and they are the family or sorry, they're the foundation of those family relationships. All right. So another question that I have gotten in relation to all this, and, and oh, this is a hard one. Parents will say, I feel like my child needs spiritual protection, right? So they're coming to me asking, can you do work on my child uh, or my teenager, even though the teen doesn't want it, because I feel they need spiritual protection in their lives. And before I jump into that one, I just want to acknowledge the parents who have said this to me, because we need to imagine the worry and anxiety that they're feeling at these times. Protection is about teachings, and this is because the idea of protection, it is both simpler but also more complex than what we usually imagine. 
When we do a spiritual healing ceremony, like a power animal retrieval or something along those lines, it's like an intervention. It is a momentary break in the stress or the anxiety or chaos of whatever's happening to give the person, in this case the teen, the peace needed for them to begin or perhaps to continue their healing work on their own i.e. without a healer, although ideally they will turn to their parent or someone trusted in their family or their community. And so for a young person, hell, for everyone really, healthy spirituality will usually play a big role in identity and confidence building. And when our child have a sense of identity, our children have a sense of identity or more confidence, they tend to become more engaged in their lives. So this manifests in ways like uh, you know, they're spending time with healthy friends. Maybe they're interested in sports. They Their interests evolve in whatever direction, you know, works for them. From a spiritual perspective, these are signposts that the young person can comfortably walk in the light, and that is protection. Now, depending on the ceremonies they've experienced, and with this remember, the initial parent who'd reached out to me, the young person in question, had done other spiritual ceremonies in the past, right? Remember, they were apprehensive. But still, depending on the ceremonies that the person has experienced, they may already have a, a deeper sense of identity, particularly if they have awareness about their spirit helpers and how those helpers view them, support them, and honor them. And this as well is a form of protection. And as the young person matures and reconsiders the world around them, they will ideally set healthy boundaries, both spiritually and generally in life, and they'll become more aware of their personal power. These things always go hand in hand. And that, my friends, is major protection. So again, I believe that if a parent comes to me because they're worried about protection for their children, then the answer is for that parent to get healthy, for that parent to engage in whatever it takes for them spiritually to walk a healthy path so that they can then empower, teach, and support their children within the family unit. That is what is going to keep that child, that young person, walking in the light. And that is what protection is all about. One thing I do want to, to talk about, though, is when we do spiritual work with children or with teens, and I think it's important to keep all shamanic work that's done on children or teens, both positive and empowering, Things like power animal retrievals, naming ceremonies, although for this you would need to find someone indigenous who does that work. I don't do that work. Perhaps a rite of passage celebration for them if they're at the right age to do that. You know, shamanism is not all light and rainbows. I don't want to suggest that it is here. But for a young person, even a young person who's in distress, it's important never to lead with fear and darkness, rather to remind that young person of their sacredness and of their personal power, of the love and compassion the spirits have for them. It is important to share teachings and healing stories that will plant the seeds of self-esteem 
these kinds of ceremonies I've mentioned, things like power animal retrieval and soul remembering and doing rites of passage, these types of, of ceremonies are deep and they're deeply empowering. And for a young person, they can lay the bedrock for self-confidence and self-love. I'm just going to put a caveat in here, a, a red flag alert. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are working with a spiritual practitioner of any kind who uses dramatic language around your young person, so they're talking about darkness or they're using words like possession or um, attachments in front of your young person or your teen, I would highly recommend you get up and you go leave that kind of language, those kinds of stories. I would say with anyone, let alone a young person, are unnecessary, they're irresponsible, and they're inappropriate. Now, luckily, they are also rare. Uh, I believe the vast majority of practitioners out there are well-trained, healthy, and accountable. And if they're listening, listening, they're nodding their head right now and agreeing with me. But it can happen. So pay attention, particularly when it comes to any practitioners that you are uh, working with with regard to your children. And of course, if your child or your teen doesn't feel ready or inclined to do any spiritual stuff, then, you know, there's not much you can do about that other than be accountable to your own healing. Set the example so that in time, those teachings may come to them through you in that traditional and healthy way. So I am keenly aware that this podcast and this advice may not be what anxious parents want to hear. And I'm also aware that in the non-Indigenous community, uh, practitioners often have very different views about these kinds of things. But this is how I was taught when it comes to working with young people. And that experience was taught to me firsthand. It is but one perspective. And I encourage you, if you are a parent, to do what works best for your child, for your family, and really just do what feels right so with that, if you have more questions about shamanism, you want to find out more, visit my website at www.cedarlighthealing.com. My name is Kim. Thank you so much for listening today.